the way we always have it here is uh, I hit record and I don't tell the folks that I started recording. Oh, oh, you mean like I just did? Yeah, basically. And then you just start and I don't cut out the beginning of the video. But this one I probably will just for the counting. All right, I'll go for uh, one, two, three, four. Okay, I will sync up off of that. Okay, so uh, introductions time. Uh, this is uh, episode number number of me, my parents, and Liam Neeson, but uh, there were some changes of plans this week because I thought my parents were going to be out of town. The fact that they showed up halfway through the movie uh, doesn't actually help me out very much, but in their absence, I conscripted a fellow nerd of the internet uh, to help me out with that. So my name's Dan. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself however you see fit. I'm his uh, replacement uh, parent. Uh, you can call me Barry. Alright, Barry is uh, a good uh, Pathfinder Dungeons & Dragons nerd. Uh, he has helped me craft some very good backstories uh, through large explosions. And uh, also enjoys watching movies. And so I said, hey, you want to sit through a bad movie? And I don't think I told him how bad the movie was until we started watching it. Oh, you gave me no idea, but I was pleasantly surprised. No, I I was really kind of both looking forward to and dreading making my mom watch the movie Dark Man. And it's a good thing I've gotten to get her to dodge that one, I think. I I, I think that uh, this is definitely a, a good movie that she should have watched. <laughs> she should have watched, yes. So, I... Uh, Computer's probably going to pick up my mouse clicks. That's going to be a little awkward, but I'll get over it. So, Darkman 1990. Uh, this was a year of some pretty big hits. Dances with Wolves with Kevin Costner got multiple awards. Uh, Misery, another really big one. Goodfellas. Uh, Ghost, apparently, was a big deal. I don't think I've seen that one, actually. Whoopi Goldberg's in that one. I've uh, never seen any of those. I've heard of uh, Goodfellas. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I've I've definitely seen Dances with Wolves. It's a good movie. You should watch it. Um, a thing we should pay attention to here is going to be best makeup, because this movie in particular features features a lot of makeup. Oh and yeah, the winner tons of best it. makeup. The winner of best makeup that year was Dick Tracy. Okay, I I don't yeah. know uh, what Dick Tracy is exactly. At 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 all. Or I I have no idea movies past uh, uh earlier than 1994 I was just kind of oblivious to sadly Dick Dick Tracy was a comic strip in the 1930s that got turned into an action comedy movie This sounds like something I should definitely go check out Yeah but also that year was Cyrano de Bergerac which is a classic uh French play and uh, stars a, well, the main character in that one, uh, if I'm remembering it correctly, because I've seen, uh, I, I believe it's Roxanne. It's a, that's a modern telling with Steve Martin. Uh, the character has a really big nose and is lovely. Kick, like, <laughs> kicks ass at sword fighting, but he has a big nose and people have a hard time seeing around it. It's very odd. And Edward Scissorhands was also that year. Hey, Edward Scissorhands I have watched and that, that, is, that was amazing. Yeah, those were the three movies nominated for Best Makeup, and this movie is not on that list. So It's kind of understandable, though, as well, because you can just... It, it, it's almost cringeworthy, uh, the almost. makeup. Like, the, the lips uh, of yeah. Liam Neeson, you can see over, like underneath his teeth almost for half the scenes. Yeah. There's uh, some scenes when he's doing the, like, comical skeleton laugh. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it looks like it's a puppet, because his lips don't move at all, because it's just teeth. Anyways. Though, Liam Neeson does do a good job with the horrible makeup job that he had he was given, because yeah. he doesn't open his mouth wide ever during uh, the fi- from the shots that I paid attention to it. Uh, yeah, or else no, he would he, easily see the lips and his own teeth underneath. Yeah, he hides it well, because... This was, his first movie is 1978. I kind of want to, I'm looking it up on my phone right now so I don't do uh, keyboard strokes in your ears, internet, uh, of when I would say his first big movie was, because I don't remember when Schindler's List came out. I think that one was pretty early in his career, and that one is landmark. Schindler's List, uh, from a quick Google, says 1993. Yep, 93. So I would, I don't think he really had come into his own yet as like the, an actor that people will call up. Uh, hmm. yeah, de- definitely not yet. One, once Schindler's List happened, I think more people were calling him and saying, Hey, do you want to be in our movie rather than him going to auditions? I mean, he, he does have a very memorable voice though. So he does, but it wasn't always that. So I'm, I'm quite glad that he became a famous actor. Exactly. Despite I haven't watched that a uh, whole bunch of movies with him, it's it's still uh, a treat to see him. Yeah, and and you know enough about him that you hear his name, and you're like, oh, I would watch that movie. Well, I'm fairly certain that the uh, who who has all killed him in movies? It's like Darth Maul and who else? He's <laughs> he's dying a few. He's not like Sean Bean, where you know everybody kills him, that kind of thing. Uh, I mean, Batman killed him. Oh yeah, yes Batman he does. Begins. Well, he is Raj Al Ghul in that movie, and Raj Al Ghul in comics is unkillable because he has the resurrection pit. Yeah, but that's a different movie that we didn't watch. Okay, True. so the movie the movie we did watch we open on not Liam Neeson. Uh, we open on a comically gangster gangster, I uh, with comic goons frisking other comic. It's basically a giant collection of. I stereotypes all coming together. Oh yes, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful, absolutely nineties uh, gangster scene with mo- with mafia kind of vibes to mm-hmm. it. Oh yeah, so we get five minutes of them establishing the bad guy is the bad guy, and then the opening titles go, and the first thing on the screen is Liam Neeson's name, and he hasn't shown up yet. And I'm getting a little suspicious. Big, big and bold is big his bold. name. Yeah, it, it's yep. the only thing on screen. Yep, we don't get him until seven minutes in when we see him doing science. His character's name is Peyton Westlake, and he's doing skin science. Yes, he's trying trying to make it so that uh, skin holds, uh, well, artificial skin doesn't uh, suddenly deteriorate. Yeah, and it's it seems like a perfectly reasonable mad science thing to do. He doesn't seem particularly mad at this point; just very driven. I well, it it could have a very uh, it could be a good science to actually become successful and help with uh, plastic surgery and such as that. So it's mm-hmm. a it's a very admirable uh, goal to have. Mm-hmm. So it's not so mad science at that point. Yeah. I will get to how mad the science becomes later. Uh, oh, he goes, it becomes we, quite mad. Oh, quite mad. He ends up going home and meeting uh, his hot lady friend, who we initially assumed was his wife. Turns out not. I uh, well, so I mean, it took seven minutes to get Liam Neeson on the screen, and then within three yes. minutes, we had a Liam Neeson uh, 
fade to black sex scene, so... It was it was a nice implied sex scene. Uh, the kind that's tasteful enough that your p- mom could watch it, but you'd still feel a little weird. M- and Makes you kind of go, look- uh, ooh, maybe, I'm glad it went to black right away if it, if it was with your parents. Yeah, and I'm not looking forward to having to say the words another Liam Neeson sex scene later on in this podcast on another Oh, Lord. Because I'm, sh- I'm sure it'll happen. I mean, kind of I mean, too. He, he did, like, Flash Gordon serial in 1983, where he's so, just trying to rescue a princess from space aliens. I'm not kidding. Yeah, but uh, Liam Neeson isn't to Jason Statham, so it's not like there's okay. going to be a sex scene in every movie. Thank God for you. I Yeah. Oh, jeez. I mean, I've seen Crank. Um, I have not, but I can, I can imagine that there is a sex scene in that movie. I've just watched, uh, like, probably six or seven movies with Jason Statham, and all of the oh ones that I watched had sex scenes, and it was just, they were all terrible. Oh, that, oh this one's the worst. Okay, back to, back to the movie we're supposed to be watching. I, we see Chekhov's piece of paper pretty soon afterwards. I, it gets a coffee stain on it, so we can tell that it's the same piece of paper later in the movie. I really enjoyed uh, that they included that, though. Just just a, mm-hmm. a, adding a little bit so we know that it's the same piece yeah. later it's, it's on. A little, it's a little cheesy, but it's also a really nice way to, uh, without words, make sure the audience knows what's going on. So I like that. Um, it, it, was, it, was, it was done uh, yeah. reasonably well for the 90s. For the 90s. I, I feel like that's next... going to be a, a running theme in this podcast, it, it, just for the com- 90s. It, it comes up a lot in most of the mo- most of the movies that I talk about is, well, for its time, it was pretty good. Because you have to look at it through that lens. Like, Star Wars Episode One, the special effects were really good for 1999. Yeah, the special effects in, in, in that one was pretty decent for the time. Yeah. There were some bad special effects in this movie. Like, even for then. Yeah, you, even for that, there was some bad special effects. But then there's, um, like, this movie wasn't the best for its time uh, when it comes to the green screen. Because they... Oh, yeah, no, the green they, screen is awful. They murdered the green screen so badly, uh, and you could well, tell immediately, like, the moment that it was on screen, that that kind of effect was being used. You could see it immediately. Well, I don't think it was always being green screened. I think some of it was. Uh, any of you out there use Photoshop and have to like, cut out backgrounds and then put something in the back. I think some of it was being done manually. That would, ex- there were, that there... would explain one of the scenes where uh, uh, evil evil, ga- evil guy mobster uh, with the uh, cigar clipper uh, is standing in front of the other green screen uh, cityscape, and you, you could see, like, an outline around him that was almost yeah. darker. All right. Back, let's let's keep going through the movie in order here. We're really good at tangents. You'd fit right in with a regular podcast. Oh, uh, I, I, I'm aware <laughs> of that. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, the next important thing that happens is he's in his lab again with his uh, long-suffering assistant. That's a really nice word to use here. Uh, and they're trying to get the skin to last more than 99 minutes. I think because they think that time works in hundreds instead of sixties. Anyways. Apparently. Anyways, they get to 98, and they blow a fuse. And because they blow the fuse, the skin works. Because apparently it needs to be in the dark. Ooh, how... It needs to be in the dark. How uh, relevant to the movie title, Dark Man. Now, 
I'm going to switch quickly to the Wikipedia page on this movie, because I, during the movie, it was asked, so what comic book is this based off of? The answer is it's not. It's based off of short story Sam Raimi, director of this movie, would go on to direct uh, this first series of Spider-Man movies, and also previously directed The Evil Dead, which is a good movie. Is based off a short story he wrote that paid homage to Universal's horror films of the 1930s. It may have paid homage to the, to those, but upon like, watching it, oh dear lord, Drac- this was... We're talking original Dracula and Frankenstein. Oh, okay. I, 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 see, I see that coming through this, but, uh, Una- but mostly to... what I was seeing was just Batman. Oh my god. Unable to secure the rights to either The Shadow radio drama and novels i remember hearing some uh radio dramas of the shadow or batman Raimi decided to create his own superhero oh god uh, this was his I, I this was it. his first this was sam Raimi's first hollywood studio film evil dead was not a hollywood studio film it was more independent huh interesting i wonder when batman uh, number one came out that was in 1940 jesus christ well, the first Bat, well, the first Batman comic, yeah. I uh, yes, the first Batman com- yeah. uh, comic. When was the first Batman movie, though? That's a good question. I bet you if I just click on Batman here on Wikipedia, it will tell me. Age, early years. Mm, let's Brown. do a quick Google. I just typed in Batman movies, and all I got was The Dark Knight. Oh boy, that's gonna Uh-oh. be that's a great that's a great uh, sign. Batman, nineteen eighty nine. Yep. That's the live-action Tim Burton, Michael Keaton. So this was the year before was oh, the God. first Batman like major film. Okay, that's that's interesting. Um, but did they have when when was the show coming out before that? What do you mean? Probably like they they had the, the well, there's the TV shows. There was the TV show that was oh so so God. cringy but so beautiful at the same 1966 time. 1966 was the Adam West Batman. That's when that started. Oh golly gee. So. So it was perfectly reasonable for uh, these guy for Universal not to get a hold of Batman because uh, there was probably 1989 Batman was at least in the works, if not already completed at the time. Yeah, it was probably in the works at the time. Probably so, in the works. So they couldn't have grabbed that. But um, you know, this this was based on a short story yeah. written prior it to it. So yeah. All right. So he's figuring out this skin, and then the mafia happened to him. Um, I, I do love that, uh, for his assistant, uh, they, they decided to go with the classic, uh, racism going off in the back. Oh, he's a scientist. He, he must be Asian. I mean, there was a moment or very two in nice. here that were very similar to that. Yeah. I, the mafia come in, they start wrecking literally everything. They kill his assistant. I, then they I mean, shove him up against, it's some kind of mad science tank. It's got two uh, oh, large oh God, electromagnets yeah. on the side, and when he grabs them, he sh- shocks himself, and his hands set on fire and get worn down to bone. Well, it's not that they were worn down to bone. It's that the current was so strong that it just kind of sh- tore the skin, apparently, yeah. down to and the then, bone. Yeah, and then they dunk him in the mad science tank, and then they blow up his lab. Right when his girlfriend shows up and is about to agree to his marriage proposal. In case you were wondering if this was going to be a movie where the main character has a bad time. Oh, this was definitely a main character. It has a terrible, terrible time. Yeah. And uh, at this point, 
things kind of start happening in a bit of rapid-fire succession for a while. I, I do enjoy that he wasn't a mad scientist, but he did have mad scientist shit everywhere. He did. He had open flames. He had uh, makeshift everything, ancient computers, a gas-powered generator. He goes into some kind of abandoned building and basically sets up shop there. Basically, yeah. Yeah. And I his progression goes figuring out that he can make the skin that he figures out oh yeah he wakes up in a mad science hospital where they've disabled all of his nerves so he can't feel anything or else apparently he would be living his life screaming in pain but this also makes him crazy strong for reasons and then he breaks out of this hospital i uh, mm. and then he goes to do mad science you, you uh, did you did miss the one uh scene in that uh that doctor scene that was absolutely terrible where the they were explaining how he doesn't feel any pain and then just to prove a point the doctor then took takes a very thick needle and just jabs it into his arm and, like, and not see, like nothing and not like and it wasn't like quickly to try and get over with it was really slow like hey look i'm going to just push this in see nothing just i give him a squish. 9 on the buzzard scale which means he's probably going to die no oh, it was awful Oh yeah, nine on the buzzard scale. That was that was a terrible, terrible line. Oh, yeah. Almost as bad as uh, Liam Neeson in the science scene earlier, where he just looks at his assistant. And he's like, "We are we are smart guys. We can figure this out. We're smart guys. We're uh, smart guys." After the buzz, it was nine on the buzzard scale, followed by polite laughter. Just just a light laughter. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good I... old chuck- chuckles. We don't really get back into cool plot stuff happening until. Uh, Liam Neeson figures out that he can print off other people's faces and pretend to be them. And this is when he starts dicking with the bad guys. No, oh, he dicks with them pretty badly. I am I am pretty surprised that his uh, masks are so good for just taking photos in a distance with an old, uh, old camera. Uh, if you'd like some information on similar things in movies, Mission Impossible came out in 1996. Oh, did it? Yes, which also had uh, significant use of plastic face technology. Um, wait, did they do that in the first movie? I'm, I'm aware of them doing it in later films. I'm fairly certain they always had it in the first movie. I know they definitely had it in the second one. Oh, yeah. I, I, I never actually watched the first one, but I did watch the second one, and I... And I remember that distinctly and thinking that's not how that's not how 3D printing works. 3D printing isn't even a thing yet. Get out oh, of yeah. here, Matt. Oh, yeah, no, there's definitely 3D printing going on in this movie. They just 3D printed skin. It was, it's fine. Yeah, and, and they were very uh, minor at the, at the first showing. It was just like, oh, here's a, here's a little cute nose. Cool. We can do that. And then the very next thing is let's just print a whole fucking face. Oh, yeah. Well, he has to, we have to move the plot along. Uh, so he starts dressing up as henchmen, or he maybe, well, he only dresses up as the one henchman first, and then he really kicks it into gear, and basically gets this henchman killed by pretending to be him and then being a jerk. I, I'm not really being a jerk. All, all he, he did stole was, his money. He, he, stole, he stole the money because he did the pickup that the gangster was supposed to do while he was knocked out on chloroform. Um, and that he also planted, uh, some not so good evidence for the gangster, uh, which caused some inconvenience, I would say. Yep. And then 
the boss shows up and does boss mafia things and throws him out a window. I mean, I guess you could say it could, would be convenient if you were just trying to get down to the ground floor as fast as possible. Exactly. Uh, the next person he in- impersonates is the mafia boss. He just skips right to the top and does a pretty good job of it for not knowing his mannerisms terribly well. He I, I manages mean, to be very, he's very intimidating. He he had one clip of the guy, and he was saying, uh, what was the, what was the line again? I... Something about that'll be fine. Yeah, um, that's just fine. That's just fine, yeah. And he got the guy's voice down so perfectly that you could easily tell that it was just the actor doing it and not not Liam yeah. Neeson wearing a mask. And he was listening to this video for who knows how long just to go and incriminate uh, the mafia guy to the criminal uh, to the mm-hmm. police. But yet he never did any actual research on the guy, and he's no. going off and taking photos of all these other gangsters so he can make their faces. But not once did he, like, just scope out the home to find out that the guy doesn't have kids. Yeah, which comes up later in the movie. I we The, the part where he's dressing up as the mafia boss in the middle is where we get the comedy, oh no, two people that look the same, which one should I shoot? part of the movie that 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 was a a pretty interesting scene uh i i enjoyed it quite well i and i then he starts dressing up as himself because he finally finishes synthesizing what his face should look like based off of a single photo again and uh starts hanging out with his girlfriend who thinks he's dead because he exploded I, i do love that it took uh 24 days 24 for, days. for the mask uh, or the face generator thing to decide that that's exactly how his face should look. And just like three photos allows him to do uh, someone else's face perfectly with tattoos, with wrinkles, with everything. Oh, yeah. And, and that's no problem. Eh, hey, mad science, hand waving, we're fine. Uh, in any case, I he's hanging out with her more. Uh, and eventually, because we have skipped talking about some very important parts here, he gets mad. And we've managed to avoid talking about what happens when he gets mad. Oh yes, that, that was uh, in the original, in that doctor scene, uh, when they turned off his pain sensors. Apparently the body compensates for that by having extreme emotions. Yeah, so he has what can be described as a bad trip. Oh, this was a bad trip and a half. Yeah, and this happens a couple more times, up to and including when a carnival guy says, no, I'm not going to give you the pink elephant that you should have won. And he, it green screens in on his face and everything behind him explodes and reforms. And then he grabs the guy's plastic fingers and bends them backwards. And then throws him through the wall of his carnival attraction. Yeah. And this Uh, is the point where his girlfriend decides, okay, I'm going to stick with you now, even though this is really weird. I I do enjoy, I did enjoy the comically creepy carnival uh, attractions, though, including the uh, freak or so they called it, um, Mm -hmm. which, which caused him to have a little bit of a spasm already. Yeah, he had some freak PTSD going on. Oh yeah, this this, this man it has has many many problems. Mm-hmm. All right, 
Uh, so we figure out that he's got his mad science lair and his girlfriend figures out where it is, which means that her evil boyfriend can figure out where it is. And he, he sends the mafia after him, and they do... What did I describe it as? I... Boss said we can't come home until we run out of bullets, and they just kind of shoot yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> though really I, poorly. I do enjoy that uh, that comically bad villain, though, because uh, like right right at the starting of the movie, um, before the whole explosion and everything, where the girlfriend yeah. is chatting with him, he's looking over like a, a glass uh, version of the of the city that he's building, like every single uh, villain ever in yeah. Bond movies, and as you were saying, uh, Emperor's New Groove. Oh, Emperor's New Groove is a great movie. I wish Liam Neeson oh. was in it, so I'd have a reason to watch it. Oh, I, I, I love that movie, too. That, that, that uh, was my jam. So this uh, kind of slick villain is the kind of guy, I've heard villains described this way, as the guy that feels like he's just licking the back of your head, in that he's not doing anything overtly evil, but you just really don't want to be near him at any point in your life. Oh, what, what, why, why, I don't understand that reference, was, that is horrifying, please. I know, but like, think about it, if, if you were, I, uh, with someone, and they were just, ever as every once in a while, they'd walk behind you and lick the back of your head. Oh, uh, please, You would not want to be around them head. anymore. You would not want to be around them anymore, would you? I, w- I would run away in terror. That exactly. Is, that is, that is scarier than someone... Pointing yep. a gun at me. That is someone yep. licking me. Yep. It's low-key, benign assholeness that like, just immediately makes you unlikable. Oh, God. Hannibal Lecter all like all over it. Just no. Yep. Just no, yep. no, no. You stay away. You stay far away. So at this point, his lab is getting exploded with grenade launchers from a helicopter. Uh, and there's a few scenes of him putting on a mask of a henchman and then running into that henchman and comically beating them up. Oh, uh, I, we, I did enjoy that scene. We have uh, Chekhov's Dippy Bird. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, they actually bring back the Dippy Bird, of course. They use a, they use a, one of those little Dippy drinking birds that I think were a thing in the 90s. Definitely not a thing now. Uh, to uh, set off a spark to blow up his original lab. And so he sets up one to blow up his new lab, except he does a better job of it, because yeah. it's actually moving. Um, well, it's moving way faster than any of those yeah. ever, ever like, did in their, in the entire history of them, unless a kid went and swatted it. Um, yeah. But he, he does it more than just uh, setting it up at a high speed to do that, that awesome boom. He creates a hologram to fool the... Uh, what would you call henchman? him? Would it, okay, henchman. Yeah, that's a, that's a yeah. better term than what I was going to go for. Um, and it's the henchman is like trying to hit it for like a good, good solid 10, 20 seconds. I mean, when, if he's that dumb, maybe he's a grunt or a goon. I, I would I would probably have to demote him from henchman to goon just just from the stupidity of of that move. Mm-hmm. I so everything's exploded. He I. Goes on like uh, a winch from the helicopter, and they're chasing it around. And eventually, he crashes the helicopter by clipping it to a truck. And this works for reasons. Because plot reasons. Because plot reasons. So now all of the mafia bad guys are exploded. They're all and dead. In the, and in the next scene, we see the mafia boss meeting a Slick Willie here, and 
of course, us as the audience know, oh, it's Liam Neeson in a mask. It's just and... it's just a really, really well done mask because not only is it just the guy's face, but it also has uh, bruising done to it oh, yeah. through, through makeup good. and a little bit of blood dripping down the lip. Which he would then wipes off, so mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, it was really a good mask so his... job by Liam Neeson's character, I guess. Oh, yeah. Quality stuff. I takes him up the building that he's uh, constructing to make this scale model from the beginning a reality, and he says it's 650 feet up, and then we have a good 10 seconds of camera quickly panning down 650 feet. And then we see. Just, just the added little, little sugar on top of the, of the donut here. Uh, just a bar with spikes at the bottom. Let, that let, would be, that would be rebar poking out of uh, support structures at the bottom because that's how they would do it. Like, it's actually the way that you would build those. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of that, but it's just like a little bit of extra, extra damage that they had to throw into it, just like, yeah. just in case this 650 feet doesn't kill the bastard. Yeah, yeah, I. And this is the point where Liam Neeson's character uh, screws up pretending to be someone else, and they start having comical boss fights up on top of this uh, unfinished skyscraper. And not only is it a comical boss fight up there, but the boss also has just that unique skill that somehow uh, he was raised with, where he can run around on these unfinished uh, I-beams with no care in the world because he just like grew up on them or something like he, he like he yeah. was a, a he built things back in like the 60s where they have that uh where everyone has all those box lunches on the swinging beams for some reason oh yeah well that's how you do it yeah they, right. they only posed for that one famous picture that's all i'm aware of yeah so let's run through some stereotypes of fights in unfinished skyscrapers uh do we have the both people fighting on the same beam doing some kind of balancing act. Yes. Do we have swinging things hitting them in the back of the head? Uh, yes. Yeah. Because yeah, there's did. that scene where oh. they're like swinging five different crane hooks all at the same time at him. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that now. Uh, do we have someone falls off but is caught by something? Yes. Crashes. Someone crashes through an unfinished floor but lands perfectly fine on a different unfinished floor. Not only did they do that, but they went through two floors and landed on that. Yep, because that's how physics works. Uh, do we have using construction equipment as a weapon? They did, yes. They, 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 ha- did. they have the anti-aircraft rivet gun. They did. It was a very nice anti-aircraft rivet gun. It even got POV shots. It was beautiful. It was like those slow-motion uh, bullet camps. Like, yes. Let, slow-motion let, bullet camp, but... It was from the inside of the rivet. You could see the circular outline around the edge of the screen. They stuck the camera inside a tin can and had it fly at people. Oh, that'd be beautiful. Uh, Anyways, the fight goes... beautiful. (laughs) The fight goes exactly how you'd expect, in that uh, the girlfriend falls off, but is saved eventually, and then the bad guy falls down and dies. Well, wait, no, he doesn't fall down and die. He falls down and is caught by Liam Neeson. Yes, and then they have that uh, uh, Batman and Joker conversation of, you can't drop me. Uh, Now, to keep in mind, uh, this Batman-Joker conversation uh, would not happen in film until 
I where is it? The Dark Knight. Two thousand two thousand and eight. Yes, yes. That was that was a. This was eighteen years previous. They do basically the exact same thing. Except and what does for, Liam Mason do? Except for the ending. <laughs> yeah, because he drops him. He, he drops him straight down on, onto those spikes. Oof, it was beautiful. And it, it and it was a decent it was a decent I uh, back and forth because he says you 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 won't be able to live with yourself if you drop me and then he drops him and then after he's dropped and him af- he says after it's one he's already hit onto the ground so this guy is has long dropped for several seconds and then Liam Neeson decides to drop his one liner which is I'm learning to live with a lot of things. And it sounds a little it sounds a little muffled and his makeup isn't great. Yeah, the right. the makeup wasn't uh the same each time either. Yeah. It was it was like they made a new mask each day. Well they might have broken it. They might have, yeah. Yeah. Well, I but he is very dark and mysterious. He's definitely Batman. Oh and... yeah. There there was there was many, many times that I just like while typing in my notes, it was basically Batman, but deadly. Brooding with gargoyles. Yeah. Definitely Batman. Oh, yeah, he, he literally broods between two gargoyles in front oh, yeah. of the green screen. <laughs> um, they also had that one scene where uh, the mob boss, he was petting a dead animal. Oh, yeah, that like, was weird. That, that, was, that, was, that was almost classic 90s uh, supervillain. Let's just so the like, fi- let's pet a cat like uh, Austin Powers. Yeah. Well, Austin Powers was also way after this. Well, you'd have to think that would have been Spectre is what would have been that reference. Uh, oh, I guess, yeah. So that would have been late era Sean Connery Bond. It's probably before the 90s. Sean Connery was a great Bond. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyways, the film ends with Liam Neeson putting on a mask, turning into Bruce Campbell, hiding in a crowd and saying the name of the film. That was the that was the only time that Darkman was said as well. So I yeah. co- I commend them for not uh, pulling that out Keep... immediately. Yeah. Uh, fun fact: Bruce Campbell starred in The Evil Dead, which again Sam Raimi filmed. So they probably called him up and said, "Will you be in this movie for five seconds?" And he was probably just like, "Do I have a line or anything?" And Sam Raimi just like, "No, you just got to look at the camera and then walk away and recur out." Alright, I can do that. Where's my cash? Awesome. I think anyone would anyone would gladly accept that uh uh job offer. As well as him, him getting credited at the very end as the final Shep or Shem. He was the final Shep? Like that's, uh, I don't know where I, that I came know. from. I don't know where it came from either, but uh <sighs> that's what he was credited as, so Whatever. I... You do you, Sam Raimi. You do you. Yeah, well, Sam Raimi will would later in his career uh, hit Tobey Maguire in the head with a backpack. And also turned him into a uh, weird dancing emo, so... He, yeah. Sam, no, Sam uh, Raimi didn't make the best decisions in his, yeah. in most of his uh, film and career, as I can tell. Definitely not. I mean, he does... Sam Raimi did some things good, but... Eh, well, obviously he did some things good, because he yeah. became famous, but... He he had a a lot more slip-ups than some other uh, famous directors. Exactly. So, now that we've reached the end, we need to give this a rating on the Liam Neeson peril meter. Uh, Let me go ahead. I'm going to have to do some typing noises here. So, uh, do I want to edit this out? No, I'll just look it up on my phone where there's significantly less clicking noises. 
because I want to tell you uh, just some kind of baseline what we have already. I'm really glad I thought of this uh, before. Love actually, I think was rated a four. Uh, um, that was much lower. I think it was a two and a half. Or was it a three? Maybe three and a half. And then you, it's then you were, then you got mad because decimals. Oh um, yeah, that's right. I did do that. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've watched these. Oh, surprise. Yeah. Um, so uh, and Phantom uh, Menace. I think that was rated like a seven or an eight. That sounds about um, right. So I'm aware of what the ratings were. Yeah, I Star Wars Episode One was a seven. The Haunting, which was kind of a spooky movie, was a six. I uh, basically zero is nothing bad ever happens, and a ten is something bad is constantly happening. Mm. So what what would you rate this on for apparel? I was going to give it a nine. You were going to give it a nine. He has well, a brief interlude of happiness in the middle. Well, the brief interlude of and happiness gets immediately thrown. Uh, away um there was two scenes of happiness one and a half yeah one and a half there was the scene where he first sees his girlfriend again after the accident and he's wearing the mask Mm -hmm. um in the graveyard and then they go to the coffee shop yeah he's perfectly fine in that so that's a perfectly fine scene um but the very next scene where he's with her he has that whole carnival attack episode so yeah. not even that one was crystal clear on with without peril. Um, I'd be willing to go a nine point five. I don't know if there's a movie where he's in so much peril the entire time it's actually a ten. I, I would I would say a nine or a nine nine point five definitely. All right, I think we're gonna go with nine point five on this one because this is I felt like I was in peril watching this movie. I mean, I didn't I didn't feel like I was in peril, but I was de- I was definitely thinking, well, shit. I'm not sure if he's going to survive this until the no, very end. Not. But, yeah. you know, it, w- it was a superhero, I guess, film. I guess. Sure. <laughs> it's it's uh, un- inconclusive on if he was actually a superhero. He just kind of killed mobsters. So yeah. he, was a, he, he was a murderer who did who only murdered bad people, I guess. But yeah. still a murderer. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. so, I think that's... This is easily the longest one so far. I think part of it is we went on a lot of tangents, and yeah, not being did. able to see each other helps. I uh, I mean, that doesn't help with the communication. It's going to be interesting to go back to normal and see what changes. Oh, boy. Also, I'm sorry for you having to edit all of this. I'm going to probably do a lazy edit and see what happens. Uh, it won't be that bad. Oh, uh, boy. Anyways, anyways I... That was me, my friend on the internet, and Liam Neeson. Uh, tune in next week when maybe we have special guest, my brother and his drunk friends. We oh, shall see. I, I'm going to have to tune into that one. Well, I post them a couple weeks after they record, so I give myself a buffer in case of problems. So look forward okay. to this one in a couple weeks. All right. Uh, but that's it. Uh, sign out. Bye. Bye.